She's from LA. And uh, she'll be speaking for us tonight. Let's uh, give her a warm welcome. Come on. Hello, everybody. Hi. I've gotten the pleasure to meet. Ooh. Amps. <laughs> I've gotten the pleasure to meet some of you today or during the past week, and I'm really excited to be here. Um, I met the Pattaya team or Pattaya team while they were in Thailand and completely fell in love with them and I'm now here because of them. Um, they represented New Philly in such an amazing way and I just had to come and visit and visit Friday Fire and now I'm speaking and I'm really excited about that. Okay. I'm just going to give you guys a few facts about what's going on in Thailand. I just spent almost four months there and it's crazy it's just absolutely crazy um, there is such a darkness about that city or about that country that is being hidden by the enemy and such a crazy and, and just even the people turn their faces to the truth that is going on there Leviticus 19.29 says, Do not prostitute your daughter to cause her to be a harlot, lest the land fall into harlotry. And pretty much in Thailand, what people do and what people believe, and it's part of Thai Buddhism, is that if something isn't nice, it's pretty much what they say, it does not exist. So many people turn away, turn their faces away from child trafficking, child prostitution, women who are being sold, women who are prostituting themselves, and the red light districts are in the numbers. I spent most of my time in Patia, um, about two and a half months. And after coming back to Korea, or after coming to Korea, I was able to see that that life was becoming a normality. We spent a lot of the time in downtown Patia, which there are more than probably, actually, there's about 60 bars per street and there are about 26 streets and when I first got there I thought that this was it that this was Patia City the extreme city but I actually was working at a children's home in the outskirts of it and as I'm riding through this two-lane highways all the restaurants there the massage parlors all of these places were also filled with women children probably in brothels that only if you're a man you'd be able to find them. Um, can I have the next slide, please? A lot of you may know about the 1040 window, and Thailand is right in the midst of it. These 31 countries are some of the poorest countries that there are in the world, and Thailand is right in the midst of them. Um, the next slide, please. Um, Bangkok, there are many red lights districts in Bangkok. And Bangkok is just like any other city. It's just like LA, it reminds me of it. There's a lot of money, there's a lot of people going through it, there's a lot of business going through there. And in the midst of that, there are many places that any man can go and get whatever he wants. Around the country of Thailand, there are many held tribes. There's about 100 hill tribes just surrounding 
the borders of it. And many of the children are sold. Some people come into these cities and, and literally tell families, you know, we have a job for your child. We have a job for your daughter. We'll bring them out into the city. And unfortunately, all of those things are lies. They say that they can come in and work at a restaurant. They say that they can come in and, you know, wash dishes or do many different things. And when they come into it, they're either stuck in a brothel they maybe start working at a bar and they're a waitress, but at the end of it, they're pushed into the sex trade and into going into prostitution. Um, this is just more pictures of the Hill Tribes. Phuket. This is, Thailand is one of the most beautiful countries, beautiful places I've ever been. These are the beaches. These are the places that there is. And I spent a lot of time in Phuket. I spent about a little bit over 10 days in Phuket, and this is the beauty of it. But at the same time, in the midst of this is where all the brothels are. There wasn't a place in Thailand that I went that you couldn't come to a red light district, a red light area, or a brothel. This is the King's Summer Palace. <laughs> so there is a lot of money in Thailand. There is a lot of things that can be done just from inside Thailand, but again, like I said, many of these things are things that are not nice, so they don't happen. These are the slums. The slums are very interesting. Most people in Thailand, the majority of it, they make about $4 a day, which is about 4,000 won a day, and this is where they live. They get an area and it's government funded and they rent the land. So they build their homes out of boxes, um, chicken crates, anything that they can find. And this is where they live. And they live at a just about probably less than $30 a month or 30,000 won a month. This is again, just like the Hill Tribes um, where most people come in. And 86% of the country is Buddhist. So, there you'll find this everywhere. You'll find temples everywhere. And they also worship trees, which is the next slide. Um, very old trees, they come and they pray, and you guys probably know mostly about that. Go ahead. These are my kids. These are the children of Thailand. My heart breaks when I see the kids. Um, they walk around, they sell flowers, you're out in the middle of the night and they're out right there with you and they carry a cell phone, they carry a little purse and you're kind of wondering why a six-year-old has a little, little purse and a little cell phone and it's pretty obvious of what it is. This is regarding child trafficking and child labor laws that do not exist in Thailand. These are children working in rice fields that work over 16 hours a day. They wake up very early in the morning. Some actually come in from Cambodia walking about two hours into Thailand. And in the Cambodian border, it's the Poi Pet border, it's known that children get raped, children get abducted, children are put into brothels, sometimes they don't even make it to work. And by the time they get back home, and even if they tell a parent, they're sent right back out the next day. So 
these children, even though they look a little bit happy, there is a story behind every single one of them. And this is just the same. This number, I want you guys to concentrate on this number for just one second. Hundreds of thousands. It's not children. Hundreds of thousands of pornographic websites that are on the internet right now. And unfortunately, you can book a child tourist, a child pornographic tourist um, trip to Thailand where you can come from another part of the world and book your trip and that's exactly what you do the whole time you're there. Pedophiles come from all over the world to Thailand because it's the number one place where children are so easily, so easily, you can go in and get one very quickly. We were at a, I guess I would call it a coffee place, but it was just a, a little restaurant off the side of the road and we mentioned the word, word children and the very next day, we, were, we had the actual potential of purchasing a child. And we mentioned the word children because we were working with children. We were trying to help children, not to the fact that we wanted to purchase a child. That is how easy it is. If you're a man and you go to Thailand, there are many taxi drivers and ma many taxis on motorcycles. If you go up to them, if you go to any tourist location, they'll be able to take you to, the, to a place where you can purchase a child. And to purchase a child for the night is about $30. This is a sign that I actually never saw when I was in Thailand. It says, sexually exploit a child in this country and you go to jail in yours. There were many complaints that were made to the UN and these signs were posted, but I've never seen one, even when I traveled. I traveled to more than five cities in Thailand and I never saw one, and supposedly they were mostly in Chiang Mai, and I walked, not to find them, but I just, during my time there, I walked many streets, the main streets, and these were nowhere to be found. But regardless, this is what, this is the prevention that they're doing. Twenty-seven million children, twenty-seven million people in the world are trafficked. It is one of the fastest growing crimes, and it's making hundreds of billions of dollars. Over 2.2 children are sold into the sex trade every year. That's 2.2 children. I'm not sure how the, there's about 50 people here. That would be too much, and it's 2.2 million children. And again, like Pastor Christian said, there are more slaves today than there's ever been, ever in the world, through what happened in America, through what's ever happened in every, any nation. There are more slaves today. And it brings in over $32 billion. And I just made the difference of what it would be in one. <laughs> and unfortunately, I'm not sure if anybody's ever heard this, but it is more than Google, Nike and Starbucks combined. So. Pretty much this is what that is. A person is not for sale. A child is not for sale. You as a person are, value, are so valued. 
and you are not meant to be sold and it could happen to any single person in this room if we're at the wrong place at the wrong time. Child soldiers, and I'm sure you've heard a lot about this, but this is a real picture of child soldiers in Thailand. Not only are they captured, but they are, they're, they witness beheadings. They are made to kill people. They are made to rape. And they're also drugged. These children are completely brainwashed from a very young age to do what an older person can't do because we cannot tell an older person to change their mind and push them to kill. But a child could be brainwashed to kill. The reason why I went to Thailand is because it's the hub for, child, for the child prostitution problem. 800,000 children below the age of 16 work as prostitutes. 200,000 under the age of 12. And 90% of the children who quit school end up in prostitution. 50 to 80% of the parents in the slum communities will sell their own children. And as I visited the slums, I visited the slums um, about once a week in the eight weeks or nine weeks that I was there. Some of the parents are alcoholics. Some of the parents are involved in drugs. Some of them are drug dealers. And they live in these areas, some to hide away from the problems that there are in the world and trying to give their children a better life, but in the end, when all of this comes down to it and they don't have a meal, they sell their child. And in Buddhism, or in Thai Buddhism, because they've made their own religion in a way, they believe that if you have five children and you sacrifice one, you will get so much back from whatever spirit you're praying to, whatever God you're praying to. So it's okay to make that sacrifice so the rest of the family, the rest of the children can have a better life. So to them, some of them know where their children are going. Some of them are just hoping and praying that they're going to have a better life. But most of them are going into the prostitution ring. Patia. I'm sure you guys heard a lot of the testimonies from Patia. It is the darkest city I've ever been to. It, you walk around and it's just depression, oppression, hurt, pain, women that are trying to find love. And the one thing that always just sticks to my mind is that they do not know what love really is. They do not know the love of the Father. The fact that we're praying for that, it's such a big thing in Patia. A woman does not know the love of the Father. They think that to fall in love, to find love, it means that they will have money, that they will be protected, that their families will be protected. But to experience real love, they really don't even know what that is. If we send out a team to Patia and just smile at the women, that brings, that makes their day. If you talk to them, if you spend time with them, that brightens up their day because they're living with shame. They know that what they're doing is wrong, but there's so many people doing it that it makes it okay. If a lot of you, I've backslid many times. When you're around the people, if you were stuck on drugs or whatever your sin was, if, when you were there, 
and you were around it, it made it okay even though you knew it was wrong. And that's what these women and the people that are constantly there, they're selling children, that's what makes it okay because there's so much of it that it could be okay. It is the major sex tourism spot in Southeast Asia. Deep seaport for many internationals. A lot of business people are there. A lot of expats are there. And <laughs> if you notice the picture that I showed you guys before of the beaches, the beaches in Patia are all dirty. You, not many people go in there. You don't go to Patia to go to the beach. And they have a lot of things that you can do. They have islands that you can go to. But it's the main reason if somebody's going there is for the sex tourism. And like I said before, <laughs> Walking Street. You can find whatever you want on Walking Street, anything you're looking for. And again, as a woman, I was not able to go into any brothels. I was not able to really look into those areas. But there is a gay district. There is a place that you can go. There is a place where pedophiles can go and is so easily. So you, it's easier than buying candy. <laughs> this is Walking Street. And I just want you guys to look at this picture. And there's a lot that comes out of this picture. This is a ladyboy. You can actually change the picture now. Ladyboys in Thailand are known as the third gender. So you have men, you have women, and you have other, which is the third gender, which are ladyboys. We are reaching out. There's many organizations that are reaching out to the ladyboys. And the reason why that's happening is, is because a lot of these children that were raped as children, that were sold in to the pedophiles, they become confused and they try to make it right. And there is such a number of ladyboys that come around in Thailand that are everywhere. And some of them you wouldn't even know. They're, it's known that the most beautiful girl in Thailand is probably not a woman at all. So there is people, there are people that are reaching out to that generation, that are reaching out to those people, that are reaching out to the hurt because they're so broken. There's so much that happened in their lives and this is a way to to really interact with them and really find out because they are, they're men and everything was crushed at one point. These are, this is the children's home that I was at for most of my time in Patia. These are my little ones. And these children all have a story. Not all of them, some of them were rescued out of the slums. Some of them, there's actually a family of four, two sisters and two brothers. And her name is Fawn. And she's right here. She was found when she was 10, taking care of her 10-month-old brother because her mom had been taken to jail for drugs and her dad was trying his hardest to raise up a family and he was working nights. So they found her and they brought in her whole family to the home. And pretty much what they do is they try to keep the children until their parents get back on their feet. They give them scholarships to go to school and they take care of them. And these are just some of the preventive things that are happening in Thailand in the city of Patia. And this is when we come out into the slums and bring food to them. We bring them food once a week. And this, again, preventive work. So they have food. 
They don't have to sell a child. They don't have to go out into the streets and do other things to get money, but they have what they need for one week. And this is a scholarship, kids. Um, they provide everything for them. And one of the tragic things in Thailand is that in Pattaya schools aren't free, but in Bangkok they are, but there are still other things that they need to pay for. They need to pay for their uniforms. They need to pay for transportation. And before a child even enters school, they have to be in a preschool, which teaches them the alphabet and all these things. And some children miss out on that because they don't have the money for that. So already when you're four years old and you haven't had the right education, you can't proceed until you get it. So a lot of children are held back and never go to school. And most of these children are the ones that end up in the prostitution rings because they have nothing else to do. We also reach out into the prisons. And the reason why I'm bringing this up is um, three times a week we bring food into the prisons. They do get fed, but they sometimes the police is so corrupt in Thailand that they give them old rice. They're supposed to spend about $3 on food for each person, but for them to keep the money, they bring it down to like 10 cents and just buy, buy a lot of rice and that's all they feed them. But when a child is with their mother and the mom is arrested, the child goes into jail with them. And if a child is in a brothel and escapes and they go up to a police officer for help, the police immediately puts them in jail. And not a children's jail, a regular jail. So we bring in milk three times a week. We always have it with us so in case there's a child there, they get the proper nourishment. But these children have died in these places. We only take care of two jails in Pattaya, and this is all over Thailand. The children that are from Cambodia or Laos or any country that, that is surrounding Thailand, they immediately get deported into other parts, of, into wherever they're from, into Cambodia, and they just get dropped off at the borders. They don't look for a place of where their parents are. They don't look for anybody else. And when a child goes back home, a lot of the parents just send them right back to Thailand to work. And a lot of people come to Pattaya because it's such a touristy place that they feel like they're just going to end up with a lot of money, that they're going to marry a rich husband, or that their family is just going to be completely blessed. But when they come out, they find out that the only job that a woman can get right away would be to work in a bar. And these are just pictures of the children in the slums. So you can just keep going. This is actually, this is Joshua. And Joshua was about four weeks old when he came to the Mercy Center. And he was adopted by Diane and Fred. And they're the ones that started up the Mercy Center. So he has the best life. <laughs> he goes to international school. He's spoiled. He speaks English. So he has just an amazing story. And he doesn't even know it. <laughs> Proverbs 31, 8 through 9. Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. Ensure justice for those being crushed. Speak up to, for the poor and the helpless and see that they get justice. I made up a, a blog, and it's voiceforthailand.blogspot.com, and this just has 
all the ministries that I visited while I was in Thailand. I, while I was there, I asked what the need was. And not one of them said money. There were, there's a lot that are being funded. There's a lot that do need the money, and it is known. But the first thing that they asked for was help with their website, somebody that would come and take pictures. So what I want to do is just post all the needs in, in this blog spot. So if anybody in the world would like to help, they can contact them directly. If you want to donate to them, you can contact them directly. My vision is to help end child trafficking globally, not just in Thailand, not just anywhere, but I stand on the fact that God said that all things are possible to those who believe. So I stand on that, and I know that God is going to do something. There are so many stories that I encountered. We had actually an opportunity to purchase a child when we were in Thailand. And all of Patia is ran by a very prestigious group that is very dangerous. And every part of Thailand is like this. The first thing I was told when I went to Phuket is don't take pictures in the bars. If you're going to talk to the woman, be careful what you say. because And, and we weren't allowed to go into any of the closed-off bars because of the groups that there are. There are people that you go into the bars, but you never come out, and we, you'll never be heard from again. So it's not only the prostitution that's going on, it's the danger that comes with it. So these children that are involved in this are scared out of their minds. They're brainwashed. Most of the children... The young children are found in Patia. Most of the older children around the age of 12 are found in Bangkok. The younger children are locked up in a room. They're chained to their beds for years at a time. The police is not trusted, especially in Patia is where I found out more about what was going on. The poli policemen get paid about $60 a month. So anytime you get pulled over, anytime anything happens, they want you to give them money right away but also with the brothels that are all around Patia, they pay them off. They pay off the police. If you're earning $60 a month, and that's not yet enough for a family, and even in Thailand, it is a place where the dollar goes far. You can get a meal for a dollar, but it doesn't go so far to raise a family. So they do anything in their power. And if not, they can easily just take you to jail and make up a story. And if, you don't, if you're a foreigner, you don't speak Thai, you really don't have any other way to fight, off, fight for yourself. My testimony comes in the midst of this in, in such a way. I have a heart for children. I have a heart for people to understand the Father's love, which is something that I'm beginning to understand, beginning to, to really hold in my heart, to really know that our Father really loves us. Our Father wants the best for us. I stepped out and made a vow to God that I would go as far as he would like me to go. So when I was in Thailand, I was there for two months, and he asked me to stay longer. And I fought with him a lot. I argued with him a lot, and I argued with God all the time. But then as I was praying about staying, as I was worrying about all the things I was worrying about, I remember that I said that I would go as far as he'd like me to go. And then I remember my own story. When I was 14 years old, I was, I was gang-raped by a friend and his friends. When I was 20 years old, I was about to give my life to God. There was people that were literally ministering to me, 
and talking to me and telling me to read the Bible. And on my 20th birthday, I was raped again. That was only a situation that happened twice in my life. But these children go on with this day after day, having more than 10 people rape them each day, and they have no voice. So with the hurt that I felt, I cannot barely imagine that this happens to them day after day, that these children are living there with no one to fight for them. There are so many organizations that are doing preventive work, which is such a great thing. And there's also people that are working in the midst of what's going on to try to break up these brothels. And the only help that they ask for is that we pray. None of them ask for money. Most of them said, just pray. That's what we need. We need God to intervene. With God, all things are possible, and we all stand with that. In the same thing as I'm doing this and I'm stepping out into my call, I also ask you to look into your heart. God is calling us as a generation to step out to what we believe in. And that could be as... As I found out in Korea, everyone teaches English. That could be what you're there for. To raise up this new generation, especially the children. To show the love of a father. The love of a mother. There's a lot of us that grew up and our fathers went there. My father was not in my life a lot. Until this day, now it's where our, our relationship, it's still hard. It's still like I'm sitting in front of a stranger. But because of that, you can show that to your family. You can show that to your parents. Forgiveness is such a key. It's so easy to go to Thailand and look at these people and want to kill them all. It is so easy. But God has called us to love and to keep loving and to keep forgiving. Even the pedophiles that go to Thailand, they need forgiveness. There is something that happened to them way back in the days that we don't know about and we cannot just stand there and point a finger. There were many things that I saw in Thailand. There were many things, and most of them <laughs> feel bad because all they say is like, okay, we're going to share this with you, but you can't say anything. And I'm like, okay, so what can I do? We can pray. We can ask God to show us what to do. We can ask God to show us where to go. Thailand was the beginning, but Cambodia, Laos, Myanmar... Vietnam, Indonesia, all these countries, from all these countries, children are trafficked. Children are bought, children are sold, especially in the Cambodian border. Where children, if you go, I didn't have the opportunity to go because of what's going on between Thailand and Cambodia right now. But when you go, children just raise up to you. It's pretty much the same in, in India. They just come up to you for anything. And when $4, which is about 150 baht, 120 baht, when that is your daily salary, and we can go out to McDonald's and buy a value meal for that, they have that for one day. The poverty that goes on through these countries is unreal. The children, the fact that you're four years old and you're working in the rice fields, it's not right. Sometimes I feel like I take for granted the freedom that I've been given we were working a lot in Thailand just to reach out to, the, to just our neighbors, to the slums, to the people, to the men that are out there. And it's just such a broken spirit that is over them. And as God says in Leviticus, 
the land will be in harlotry. The land is in harlotry. There's so many things that are going on. It's okay. <laughs> There's so many things that are going on in Thailand. And child pornography, the child prostitution, human trafficking. There's so many lies that can be told for you, for someone that doesn't have any money. You can paint a pretty picture and you can go. But for us, there is, we have God. We have the God who created the heavens and the earth. We have a God that gives us the open door that says, just pray. Before you pray, I'll answer you. So that's all we ask. We just ask that you pray. That you begin, even for one child, that God puts someone in your heart. And you just pray. And you contend for Thailand. You contend for the nations. In America, I've been finding out about what's going on there. San Francisco and Mexico are number two and number three of the ports that children are brought into. And they're brought in in containers. And they are just sent off all over North America. There's a movie, and we've had an argument about what the movie is called. It's either called Trade or Trafficked. But it trafficked. It's, it depicts everything to a T. There are websites that you can go on, and it's a regular camping website, and you put in your username and your password, and this is like eBay for children. Children are sold over the internet. $25,000 can buy you a child, and they're yours. If the child is a virgin, they're sold for more money. It is known. And if you watch that movie, that is exactly what goes on. Truck stops. There's a lot of prostitution going on in the truck stops. There's a lot that is going on that is right behind, right behind you. In Thailand, no matter where I went, it was there. It became normal. And that's the one thing we prayed for, that it would never become normal because this is what we're fighting against. But this is the normality of Thailand. This is the normality of a red light city. And how do we change that? In Thailand, 1% of the whole country confesses Christianity, that they are Christians. But half of that is living, about half, 0.5 or 0.8, are living in Pattaya. So 0.5 of the population actually says that they're Christian. And the church that I attended in Thailand was a church for internationals. So it was just an international church for people that were working there that came out to Thailand. So there is a need, and there's a need all over the world for us to be raised up, to pray, to come up, to come forth. God has called you. And I'm not saying that you need to change your call, or that you need to change your job. We just ask that you pray, that you seek out God. What does he want you to do? This is a very hard subject for me to talk about, but it is my heart and it is my everything, and I will talk about it until the ends of the earth, until the ends of the days, because we need to do something. I know that God can intervene. I know that this can be over. And there are so many people. I stayed at the Bangkok Christian Guest House in Thailand, which is a, just like a Christian hotel, and everybody that comes through there are missionaries or they're speakers or they're doctors or things like that. And a lot of people asked me why I was there because I was there by myself, and I, I would share with them. And Christians would tell me, oh, it's impossible. You should just stop now. It's not going to happen. 
And in my mind, I'm just thinking, do we serve the same God? <laughs> you should be here. You should be the one that would say, like, go for it. Go for it. If I don't, if by the time I die, I haven't done anything, if nothing happened, I know that somebody else will be there to take right over. Take over the land that I have sown into. And if you guys have any questions, I'm more than happy to talk about it. This is all I talk about all the time. So you can approach me. You can ask me. But there is, just like Pastor Christian said, this nation, the nations of our countries, the nation of our world, they need a father's heart. They need the love of a father. They need God to just break through their lives. They don't know what they have they don't know what they have access to. And there's so much more. We've all stepped into the call of God, into being here on a Friday night, and just listen to the word of God. There is so much more. He gives us just a little taste, and we're like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. But there is so much more. God can do so much through us, so much that your eyes will never be able to figure out how that happened, but God can do it through you. So just step out into the call. If God says something, just like me, I said no to him when I was in Thailand and I didn't want to stay, and I learned so much. Everything that came after was in faith, and now I'm here in Korea. So step out, listen to him, and just go for it. Go for what he wants you to do. There's so much more. Thank you. Thank you, Matilde. Um, before we uh, have, who's leading prayer tonight? Okay, before Caroline comes up, uh, I just want to share uh, what I feel like God's putting on my heart. Uh, Matilde, why, why don't we? Um, I want to gather around Matilde right now. Let's pray for her as well. Um, let's get our leaders. Let's, let's gather around Matilde. She's right here in the front. Let's, everyone, let's stretch out our hands. Let's pray for her. Um, <clears throat> you know, we... Um, we looked at her presentation and there can be a feeling of uh, being overwhelmed and feelings of futility can quickly come over uh, your heart and those Christians that were uh, telling her to give up, you know, those are Christians that kind of uh, really themselves have given up um, and have looked at these presentations and known th these facts and I just feel like nothing can be done. Nothing can be done. And, you know, that's the voice of the enemy. You know, when we, when we see these presentations, we have to see the facts because we've got to see what is reality. What is the wickedness? What is the measure of what's really happening out there? We've got to face the reality. But then we can't keep our fixed, eyes fixed on that. We've got to look to our God. We have to look to our God. And as we look to our God, we realize God is a God who moves mountains. God can do this. Right? God can do this. And so um, 
I believe what is burning in Matilde, this fire for God's heart for human trafficking, it's a fire that God wants to spread to every person that's here tonight. All right? And so I want us to pray for Matilde and pray blessings upon her that through this uh, time in Korea, through her sharing tonight, that she would be strengthened all the more, that she would hear people here tonight that will say, go for it. What you're doing will produce fruit. Um, that she'll be strengthened in that way. And also, as we pray that, let's pray that that fire that's burning in her will be caught into our hearts. That we will not turn a blind eye toward those who are being oppressed. You know, the Word of God says that when you turn a blind eye to those who are in such oppression and need, you yourself, when you, when you are in your hour of need, will also be unheard. You will not be heard. Right? And, 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 and I'm not saying that to scare people, but I'm just saying that to say that, you know, like, it's our responsibility. It is not our, it's not our, um, it's not up to us just out of our option or, or, or luxury to just, you know, say, you know, oh, yeah, maybe I'll get involved with that or maybe I'll pray for that. It's, it's up to us, each and every one of us, uh, to engage in this in this issue and just really take on the Father's heart. And you'll never know what God will do with that fire. Many of you may go on to into international law and you may bring changes in international law that will bring forth a, that type, kind of change from top down. You may go in and do ministries. You may go in and change the education system of the land. If the education system of Thailand were to be reformed, a lot of the prostitution, I believe, will be minimalized. Right? Same for Cambodia. Same for India, right? And so, God, you don't know what God's going to do with that heart. So let's pray, bless Matilde, but let's also pull out of her that fire that she's got in her heart and say, Lord, give that to me, Lord, tonight. All right? So let's pray into this right now. Come on.